Hi, this is Tom Compton of We Hold These Truths. You're listening to the Unheralded News and Review and Pharisee Watch, brought to you by We Hold These Truths at whtt.org on the web. Each week we look into the events that are, for the most part, ignored or overlooked by the mainstream media. And we analyze these events. Ready, set, let the sparks fly. In today's podcast for Pharisee Watch and Unheralded News, we're going to review the past 15 plus years that we hold these truths has been in existence. It actually started back in around 1990 before the first Gulf War. The letter that Chuck wrote to his church members urging them to resist going to war seemed to fall on deaf ears. And the piece is entitled, We Have Failed Miserably for 15 Years, So Why Try Again? Leslie? By Charles E. Carlson. We and many others who, like us, have failed miserably, console ourselves by reminding ourselves that in the realm of God, we are not winners or losers. We are either servants doing what we are called to do, or we are not. There is no middle ground, nor is there a winner's cup for display. As a peace activist group that took root on the day after Christmas 1990, this author and my colleagues that we hold these truths are flops. We've written about and lobbied against wars, but we do not know of one that we have stopped or even slowed down. And we have seen obvious criminal acts in high places prepping us for war. After 15 years of writing, spending, even acting, doing little else, the war is still our constant companion. Most Americans thought they were free of war after Vietnam, even the dreaded draft. He called my number twice. Was a thing of the past by 1990. Vietnam was stopped by words and actions by two generations who had vivid memories of three terrible wars ending with Korea. Anti-war protests rocked the nation and in spite of the good times of the 60s, many listened and many took action. The war makers, as we dubbed them, switched strategy to one of enormous arms build up and waited for the anti-war generation to retire or die. Since December 26, 1990, when we wrote our first war protest, those who benefit from war have never stopped planning for more conflicts in which to engage us, overextend us, control us, and destroy our morals. During the seemingly peaceful years, they were only hiding and rearming. Those who control our leaders used that time to establish 1,000 military bases around the world. Not one in ten of us ever suspected it. So many bases that no observer can accurately count them. These War profiteers were designing and stockpiling weapons too horrible to expose to the public eye, including unthinkable depleted uranium projectiles, spyware that leaves no target 
a place to hide and unmanned drone aircraft that kills without risk. In the last year, the Obama administration has sent out 250 drone raids in Pakistan and Afghanistan, killing over 800 civilians, and we have no idea where else they are flying. Our leaders, with Israeli pit bulls yanking their chains, are threatening Iran and agitating to destroy the ancient civilization of Persia. In 1990, our churches were silent with eyes covered, but today many openly support the killing wars. Their Zionist brainwashing makes it possible for them to justify the murder of thousands, including children, in the name of a religion that is false. They've been falsely taught that destroying Iraq and Iran, two of the world's oldest civilizations, and no threat at all to the United States is, quote, biblical, unquote. This has never been God's plan. It has only been Israel's plan. How many can recall when the U.S. aided Afghanistan's, quote, freedom fighters, unquote, in driving the USSR out of their country? How many recall when Bill Clinton knowingly allowed the rape of Muslim Sarajevo at the site of the 1984 Winter Olympics. Now we have taken the USSR's place, winding up the final annihilation of what was left of the impoverished Afghans. Is that also, quote, biblical, unquote? Thanks to many for your help and support. But we must tell you, we have completely and utterly failed as a force for peace. There is no peace, and worst of all, American churches are more warlike and aggressive supporters of war than ever before. There are ten times more militant Christian Zionists than there were on Christmas 1990. That was when our first writ against churches' war role was published to a few. You will find it in our milestones. It was focused on the Southern Baptist Convention, who officially asserted that both Iran and Palestine needed to be destroyed because God, quote, willed it, unquote. We hold these truths did not exist then, but this writer could see without a prophet's eye that annihilation of Iraq was coming with church blessings, and I wrote about it. When the USA's George Bush Sr. suddenly stopped slaughtering Iraqis in the deserts of Kuwait in the spring of 1999, this writer vainly hoped that the warring was over, but Kuwait was only the beginning. An elected Democrat took over, grinning, a moral, peace-loving Bill Clinton, He soon showed us that chasing skirts was perhaps his most harmless proclivity. Pressured by the entrenched war maker who controlled Washington, Clinton soon declared a, quote, no-fly zone, unquote, over war-battered Iraq and continued to punish Iraqis from the air. He introduced the, quote, bunker buster, unquote, on a civilian bomb shelter in Baghdad, killing about 2,001 terrible tests of war brutality. 
Clinton invaded Somalia, but withdrew after, quote, Black Hawk Down, unquote, and he presided over the rape of Bosnia and the occupation of Kosovo. I noticed that all our killings seem to be focused on Muslims and wrote another milestone story attacking Islam, but sadly, too few saw it. Five men joined me, and we together organized We Hold These Truths in 1996. We met weekly and invested time and money to stop the killing. Those leaders who have survived and never wavered are Mark Horton, Tom Compton, Travis Steele, Mrs. Grace Kerr, widow of Jim Kerr, and I. Then it was G.W. Bush's, we call him Baby Bush, term for eight more years of war-making. Through Democrats and Republicans, one constant prevailed. Israel's occupation of 3.5 million open-air prisoners and its systematic execution of many. Israel's war on Palestinian freedom never stopped, never paused, never rested, because it was supported by each successive administration, no matter what it did to how many near helpless Philistines. Again we wrote, mailed, and called, but the wars did not stop. We wrote our doomed-to-fail peace appeal on day 9-11, two days after. You will find it in milestones. We drew unbelievable anger from the church, even my own day 9-11 vigilantes Many in the pulpit demanded lethal response, and the Bush team gave it to all of us. Our letter went into the archives when our readers found they dared not pass it on. We failed again as peace activists in September 2001 in our quest to educate the evangelical church of their role as peacemakers. We knew, we predicted, and we wrote in March 2007 of the glimmer of hope for, quote, signs of the great turning, unquote, ending our age of serial wars, too. It is also in our archives, but our prayer is yet to grow wings. In these financially chaotic early years of Century 21, When the warmaker spending finally renders America insolvent, we have documented dozens of illegal acts, including the Federal Reserve's Printing Press Act, the ethanol scam, and the claimed but not proved assassination of Osama bin Laden. The warmakers have destroyed Libya, Egypt, and would have already done in Syria if it had any oil, which it does not. War today is only limited by where the war makers dare to strike without further arousing a 250 million mass to their preemptive acts of violence. Again, we appear to have failed, but it is possible these may be our last bitter failures as pro-peace advocates. We cannot know if our present effort will be rewarded by our first win unless we are moving ahead with all the energy we have left. We console ourselves and many others who, like us, have also failed miserably 
by reminding ourselves that in the realm of God we are not winners or losers. We are either servants who have done what we are called to do or we are not. There is neither middle ground nor a winner's cup. So with this in mind, we rebuild our website and recirculate those classics, milestones, and we will continue to write and broadcast and do our best to expand our influence. And again, thanks for your help and encouragement. Please check our interim site, charlesecarlson.com, and re-register for all our new mailing list, even if you receive our current one. Who knows but God, Him willing, this time we may succeed where we and so many other good men and brave ladies have failed. All right, thanks. Thank you, Chuck. That's a, a good reminder of where we've been and why we should continue to keep the fight, the pressure on, even though it seems overwhelming. And, of course, I think of Isaiah when he cried out, the Lord said that he was the only just man. And the Lord said, no, there's a he had a remnant of 7,000. So... I think we may never know our effect, but there certainly is a remnant, and that's one of the beauties, of course, we've talked about the Internet. We don't know the uh, the reach. We know that our articles get passed on and and are seen all over the world, actually, and we're seeing that now with our podcast. We've had, in a little over a year, about 10,000 listens, and if you look at over 125 of our programs there, so on the average that's about 50 per program, some are more, some are less. I think the highest we've had is probably 375 on one issue. But, again, we don't know how they are used or if they're passed on, people download them. So... Again, uh, it's our duty, I think, to God to stand up for what is right, even though we seem to be pretty lonesome many times. Chuck, do you have any comments that you'd like to add? What prompted well, thank you to you, write that was, this uh, story? Thank you, Well said conclusion, and uh, the point of all this, of course, is the one you made, that if you know what your duty is, it then becomes a duty, and there's no other language for duty other than doing, and regardless of how the consequences do work out. So the purpose of all this is to say that we can only decide whether we are called to serve or not, and if we are, then we need to keep going as long as we can, and we don't know of any uh, any place where God says, when you get tired of carrying out my mission, you can go off and retire and just quit when you want to, but yet people do that all the time because... They simply say, well, I'm not getting anywhere. Well, we'll have to let God be the judge of that. And, of course, I think we're doing a lot better than we – I think we are making progress. It's just not the way we fashion winning. We fashion winning like an NBA game. It's got four quarters. That's how many we plan on playing. Uh, You go out and play the four quarters. When an hour and a half is over, you win or you lose. And uh, even with the season – it works the same way. The season has a set start and a set ending, and when it's over, you're done. Our battles that we are involved in 
do not have a set beginning or a set ending. God only knows when those are, and it's our job just to be to be persistent. I think we, however, should remind ourselves it is God's war. He does not charge us with winning, only diligence. And uh, so we should be diligent, but we should also realize that it's God's timetable. And it will end when he wants it to in his time. We'll either be there or we won't, depending on how, what his plan is. And so we should try to relax a little bit and let God run the show and remind ourselves that it really is his show and we are just doing our, our bit for him. Right. We're in the boat and we're just paddling like crazy just to be on God's team, you might say. And we just don't want to get out of the boat where the sharks are. (laughs) (laughs) Because the sharks are everywhere. (laughs) Yes. All right. Well, thanks thanks so much, Chuck, for this thought-provoking piece that you've written in the cause of peace. I think that's very important. Thanks for listening. Be sure to tell a friend about our podcast. And please visit our website, whtt.org. You will find a wealth of information and resources like the latest Pharisee Watch and unheralded news articles. Also, you can order our new video, Christian Zionism, The Tragedy and the Turning, Part 1. Even though this video is copyrighted, we don't mind if you copy it as long as you copy all of it. Then you can educate your friends and acquaintances about the dangers of Christian Zionism. Start small, think big, and press on toward the straight gate.